Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Ainsley B. During our time together, we're going to hear some incredible stories on how to find, keep, and share your wild confidence in Christ. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to ask if you would kindly leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, so find me at Ainsley B on Instagram. All right, let's hop in. Welcome back to Wild Confidence, y'all. Okay, buckle up. It's going to be good. Hannah Seymour is in the house, and if you don't know who she is, oh my gosh, you're welcome, okay? She's an author, speaker, and podcaster. Her book, The College Girl's um, Survival Guide, her podcast, No Matter What, with Hannah Seymour, and her 25-day reading plans for personal Bible study, all of those aim to help women have a biblical foundation in order to be the person God created them to be, no matter their circumstance. We all need everything that she does. I'm obsessed with her work. Hannah, welcome to Wild Confidence. How are you? Oh my gosh, I am so great. I'm obsessed with your work. So, you know, I love showing up to the mutual love parties. You know what I mean? Yes, it's the best. <laughs> and so you were working at Belmont when I went to Belmont. Yes, which is crazy. I know. It's so crazy. But we actually met. We saw each other around campus, didn't know who each other was. Then right. we met through your sister-in-law, Kaylee Dickerson. Yep. The best. Who was on The Best, who was on season one of Wild Confidence. Two episodes. If you missed those, go back and listen. And then you and I kind of could just knew each other from that moment on. Yeah. Yeah. And we have similar hearts and we ha- with like our work. Yes. Which I love. I do too. It's always so fun to like connect with a soul sister on that level of like, oh my gosh, everything that you're about is like what I'm about. Please let's just link arms. Yes. And people kind of look at me sideways, you know, and I tell them what I do. And I'm like, no, (laughs) other people want to do this. (laughs) They're like, wait, you like willingly love high school, college students. I'm like, yes. And other people do too. That's right. That's right. I'm so on your team, girl. Oh, I love it so much. Well, You know, I already know that you have some incredible wisdom to share, so I just want to hop right into it. Can you share a time or a story in your life that you maybe lost your confidence or that it was shaken up a bit? Yeah, so I love this question because it really, I like really got to sit down and think about this because I think overall as a kid growing up, I was super confident. I am a pastor's kid and I know that can go either way, but I think I kind of just grew up as like the you know, princess of my castle. And (laughs) I knew who I was and I was on stage a lot and I was up front a lot. And, um, I think I liked who I was. I, you know, I just was comfortable in my own skin. And so I went into college. I actually attended Belmont my freshman year of college, which is crazy because I ended up transferring and never thought in a million years I'd be back in Nashville, much less working at Belmont. Yeah. Um, but my whole life, I mean, pretty much since like the age of four, I like knew that God had put me on the planet to sing. And as I got older and, you know, started learning what that meant, the industry and whatever, I was like certain that God was calling me to the music industry and to do like Christian contemporary music and to be an artist. And so I, I mean, everything I did, pretty much leading up to heading off to Belmont and Belmont was the only school I applied for because that was the only place in my mind that you should do that in the country. Right. And right. so I set off to Belmont and really quickly, and, and I will even backing up a little bit more. I, um, 
came from, it was not a small town. I grew up in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. And so I did not feel like I went from being the big fish in a small pond to a little fish in a big pond. Like I, that wasn't even my experience. It was kind of like Mm. I was a big fish in a big pond and actually went to a smaller pond, but like the pond was more talented. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, but it was Uh. the first time that I really started like to feel shaken in Mm. who, who am I? Am I even good enough to do this? I would sit in class and listen to my classmates sing and play. And I would think not only am I not the best person in this room, which like I can deal with that. Uh, I don't want it as bad as other people do in this room. And at Belmont and really a lot of music schools um, around the country, they'll kind of give you the same spiel, which is like, if you can do anything else in the world besides music and be happy, go do that. Because this is not (laughs) like, this is not the path for the faint of heart. And so Mm -hmm. go do something else. And so, um, but I, my freshman year at Belmont, it was the most unconfident I've ever been. And it, it permeated everything because it, it wasn't just in the classroom with my music friends. It was like, am I even worthy of friendship? Do people like me? Am I funny? Do I tell good enough stories? Like literally it touched everything in my life, my freshman year of college. Wow. Yeah. And I really, I I had never experienced, I had never experienced anything like that before. Yeah. So what, I mean, those are kind of like the, the lies that you were kind of believing. What did that do physically like were you just like did that change you at all or what was that like with your spirit and just every other kind of aspect I became a quiet friend so I was definitely like um and in some ways you know I think jumping way ahead I think this whole experience and where it led made me into more of who God created me to be Mm. and more um just more sure in my skin but I went from being, they say there's two kinds of people in the world. One is they walk into the room and they say, here I am. And the other person walks <laughs> yeah. in and says, there you are. And I yeah. was a, I was a here I am person uh-huh. in high school, like, and leading up until college. I was a here I am. Like I am used to being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. I am the alpha female in the room. I I know you're an Enneagram coach. I'm an Enneagram eight. Like I was going to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I got this. Um, I became a really quiet friend. I didn't talk a lot. I listened a lot. I hung out with people that were fine. They were nice. I write about this in my book a lot in the college girl survival guide about how when we are, um, some of it's insecurity. Well, it's all insecurity, but a lot of it's just like the newness that we're trying to make friends. We attach and cling on to people who are okay friends, but they're not like, amazing, deep soul, lifelong friends. And so I attached to people that were like, fine, but not the people that I know it it wasn't God's best for me. Um, and really by the end I had made the decision to transfer, which is like a totally different story, but I was sick to my stomach. Like anxiety had taken over my body at that point. And I was nauseous like most of the time. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, talk about how insecurity can, like, crush you physically. 
Yeah, how it totally affects the body. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading The Body That Keeps the Score right now. Yes. And it's like 10 years long, so I'm only halfway yes. through it. But just everything you're saying tracks, number one, tracks with your Enneagram type, which is, you know, <laughs> that's why I love the Enneagram. And then <laughs> number two, tracks with that book, how your your emotions can just physically change your, or your feelings or your experiences can just change yeah. the physical yeah. and emotional and just kind of, wow, that's so crazy. So how knowing, I mean, like all of this is going on, how did you find your confidence and yeah. is, or was, was there like a turning point or a moment that led you to finding it? I think it was a really long journey with kind of like a one really big light bulb moment. But so part of me stepping away from music. So I did, I decided to transfer because I thought I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a mm -hmm. commercial voice major. And I don't want to go to a school that's 12 hours away from home. That's private. So that means it's expensive, um, mm -hmm. for something that it's not specialized in. Like basically I just didn't want to spend $35,000 a year for something that I could get in state for like $10,000 a year. Right. And right. so I transferred and, and that was one, I knew this is a, this is a new opportunity for me to kind of get back into my skin and be the kind of friend that I know God created me to be, start pursuing people that I know are people that God, you know, had for me in my life. So so I don't think that that was like I had gotten my confidence back, but it was kind of a working it out. Like, okay, I know mm -hmm. the steps I need to take. I'm giving myself a brand new chapter, which I don't think everyone needs to do. Again, I talk about that in my book a lot, like, you know, to transfer, not to transfer and when to transfer and all of that. Um, but I gave myself a clean slate and then, but I was still a music major. I was a music major at wow. this, at a public school, a, a classical voice major, which they were well known for. Um, they had a great program and I did that for another full year and it wasn't until the end of my sophomore year. I kind of had like another meltdown um, <laughs> where I was like, I don't want to be doing this because my identity is still wrapped up in this and how I feel that week is based on how I performed that week in my master's class. Ooh. And and I was good. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be like prideful, but I there was one other girl that was better yeah. than me. Like I yeah. I was good. So this wasn't even like a we're at Belmont where I'm like, I'm even not as like everyone's better than me and I don't even want it as bad. Like I'm like, no, no, right. no. I'm good at this. Um but we all still sometimes aren't great and we're our biggest self critics, right? So totally. um I knew, okay, like I I don't think I can safely continue down this journey without completely losing the core of what my identity is supposed to be, which is in the Lord and yeah. a child of God and um, made perfectly in his image, all of these things, because how I was performing and how I was doing musically mattered so much to me. So I walked away from that major, a uh, super long, another long story where basically I did not know what I was going to, it was my junior year and I was undeclared. <laughs> Whoa. But, um, fast forward oh. to senior year, Thanksgiving break. I had okay. declared a major at this point because like I needed to graduate, but I still didn't right. know what I was going to do with my life. And I attended a chapel service at Moody Bible Institute, which is in Chicago. My dad was working at Moody at the time. So I had, I'd flown to Chicago to be home with my family on Thanksgiving. And he took me to work. It was probably that Wednesday. And I sat in this chapel service and a 
guy named Professor Howard Hendricks. He used to be a professor for years and years and years at Dallas Theological Seminary. He gave a talk. It was probably a 30-minute talk basically about how to really know who God created you and what to do with it. And I'm sure I had heard this messaging in different ways through different voices of whatever, but we all know that like there are just certain times in our life where we're in the right seat at the right time and it's the right voice and the right message. Yes. And that morning was it for me. And he talked about how God has uniquely wired you. You have a unique thumbprint, right? Like no one on this planet has your thumbprint. In the same way, God has uniquely wired you with strengths and skills and talents and abilities and experiences. He has given you certain experiences up until this point in your life. And what if you considered the intersection of those two things? The skills, the passions, the talents he's given you, and then how those experiences align. And then if we can look at those things we can start to unpack and discover who God uniquely created you to be and how you're supposed to live that out on this earth. And it was like that somehow was the wind of confidence back into my sails of like, okay, because I think going back to my whole life, I had done music and that's where my confidence lied. That's where my identity lied. And so if we stripped that away, I had no idea who I was outside of music and what God would want to do with me. And so it was like this amazing light bulb moment of going, okay, music is part of me. It'll always be part of me, but it's not the only piece of me. And what else, what other skills has he given me? What other experience has he given me? And as I started unpacking that, like, it was just like light bulb after light bulb after light bulb after light bulb going off of going, oh Lord, like you have great things in store for me. You want to use me and you created me in a certain way to do that. Wow. I just want to, like, I want to be in that room with you, like <laughs> hearing it, for, like hearing it and like watching the change happen. Yeah. You know, like, how did you leave that room? Like, did you leave with like, just so fired up? Oh, fired up. <laughs> and what's so funny, if I remember correctly, I went back to my parents' house I started applying for remedial reading grad programs. I just like in like my short, probably 30 minutes to an hour of processing what he said, I was like, I'm going to be a remedial, yeah, a remedial reading teacher and work with elementary school kids. And like, this is what I'm going to do. So I started applying to grad schools. Well, fast forward in December, I was back in their house applying for different grad school programs. So like, it's not like, it's not like that was like the black and white clear cut answer, but it started me on a journey of reflecting and processing who do I think God has created me to be and what experiences has he given me that have fueled those things that connect those things. And then how might I want to live that out? So, and this is just a rogue question, but what through all of this self-discovery through all of this rediscovering your identity after it had been, you know, changed or altered, what was your conversations like with the Lord or what was that relationship like Mm. through all of this? I mean, this is like a wild ride and it seems like there would be a ton going on with your faith. I think I moved from disappointment and distrust, like, and that being like freshman year of college, uh, disappointment Uh that I had spent my whole life on something that I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do distrust Mm -hmm. that the Lord would allow me to do that all the way to 
well, like trust, seeing that God had a plan all along, that none of those years were in vain. Like, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times we look at seasons of waiting or seasons of like going down a different path that we end up like doing a U-turn from or a hard right or hard left. Like we look at those and like, oh, that was a waste. A day is never a waste in God's kingdom ever. God doesn't work like that. So, so seeing the goodness of his character and knowing that he had me all along um, and brought, yeah, it really just brought me to a point of hope and trust. And even though I didn't know what the next step was, right? Like I still was like changing the grad schools I was applying to. I, I saw enough light that I knew the Lord had something for me and I just needed to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. That's so good. And and I think that someone needs to hear that today is not wasted. No, never. Last year, 2020, as insane as it It was, is is not wasted. Y'all, I think we are going to look back at 2020. I think God is using and will continue to use this year in radical ways in our lives. But it's about perspective. Like we get to choose how we feel about today. And we get to choose how we perceive it moving forward. And I mean, again, are are we in a place, do we, are we disappointed and therefore we don't trust the Lord or it's okay to be disappointed. Like it's okay for our, a lot of times reality and expectations don't meet, but am I going Mm -hmm. to say, I see enough light and God has been faithful before. Like I, we can trust you and you're going to do something with this. And I mean, I think it's just a choice every day. Like, which side am I going to be on? Right. And clinging to the promises that he has given us before. That's right. And what he will give us in the future and clinging to those promises. I mean, like, that's that's the pillars of faith yep. that I can stand on. Yes. Hey, if you have been looking for someone to come alongside you in this season of life, I would love to talk about online mentoring with you. Maybe... You just really want to set some goals. Maybe you just need some encouragement. Maybe you need that push to rediscover your identity in Christ and really root in and dig deeper into your faith. Let's talk online mentoring. Head to ainsleybritton.com forward slash free stuff for more information. So as you're, as you're going through life, you know, now, since then, yeah. What are now? Here's the thing: Enneagram eights, they're naturally very confident, <laughs> I <know>. so I, <laughs> I'm almost like, okay, well, the tool that helps you Pass. stay confident is, is, <laughs> an, is an eight, is being your natural being. Yeah. But are there any that you have kind of gathered along the way, some tools or practical things that help you stay confident? And okay, so here's what I'll say. I think eights are totally naturally confident. And I think the fault in that is I can be confident in myself and in Mm. my strength and in my abilities and in my will to do it. If she wills it, it's going to happen, right? Like (laughs) I will be a bull in a china shop and get done whatever needs to get done. Um, But that's not where I want my confidence to lie. Like I want my confidence and my hope to be in God alone to know that he's sovereign, like he's always in control. He's always working out things for our good. He's always good. That's one of the things that I've been like clinging to in this year is God can never be less good. Like it's cosmically impossible for him to be anything less than good to us. 
So in 2020, when we think that the world is falling apart and everything is horrible, that somehow in God's economy, this is good. Like he, yeah. this is his goodness for us. doesn't mean it's not awful, right? Like death is awful. We hate right. death. We hate right. death. But somehow in God's kingdom, even in death, like he uses that for our good and his glory. And so like the, the big thing for me is I have to stay grounded in God's word and what he says about himself and stay connected to other believers so that I can make sure that my confidence is staying in the Lord and his character and not in my abilities or like, you know, superhuman strength to do things on my own, yes. which I really don't have, but I think I have because I'm a naked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you firmly believe that you do have that. Well, honestly, and honestly, eights have the most energy out of any type. So you do have a super hero mm-hmm. yeah. thing complex it's just not what (laughs) (laughs) complex it's just not where your identity can lie right 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 and you know what is also one thing that I think is this is just a tangent but one blessing that I think is something we can take from 2020 is the halt of the hustle Mm -hmm. and I, I literally imagine like you know all these years the Lord being like hey Hey, one second. Hey, hey, come here one second. Hey, come here one second. And then this happening and us finally looking up and him being like, oh, now I got your attention. That's right. Okay, That's let's right. talk. You know, I kind of think like just the halt of the hustle has been such a blessing for 2020. So, oh my gosh, uh, my husband and I in 2019, we always do like a, we review the year, we set goals for the next year, like do all this. Cause that's like, I'm, that's like my love language. Like, please sit down and yeah. do this with me. And we <laughs> agreed and we had been reading books. Like we are going to ruthlessly eliminate hurry in our lives for 2020. And we told our friends what we were going to do. We set up like very clear boundaries and structures. These are the things we're saying no to. This is the way we're going to say yes to things. Like oh, so much intentionality about we're yeah. going to ruthlessly eliminate hurry in 2020. And then like 2020 happened. <laughs> Yeah. And God's like, yep, yep. you're right. You, you that's, sure are. That's exactly what you're going to do. You just didn't know it was going to look different than you thought. But anyway. Yeah. No kidding. Gosh, that's amazing. That's so funny. So going back, let's say you're in the midst of that low place, right? You're in the middle of the misplacement of your identity. What does it look like to pull yourself out of insecurity or, or of that low place? Yeah. I think, you know, it's so funny, like thinking about traveling back in time and trying to like give myself advice in that season. I don't even know what I could have said to myself. Like, I think Mm. so much of it was the process and the journey. Mm. Um, I mean, because essentially took four years for me to go from my entire identity has been wrapped up in music. I thought, and like, not even in a non-spiritual way. Like I thought that's who God had created me to be. And I thought I was being a good steward of of the talents he had given me. And when I, Mm -hmm. all that crashed, it was like, I don't know who I am and why you put me on this planet. And, and that is terrifying because I deeply desire to be who God created me to be and to do the things that he put me on this planet to do. Like that's my greatest fear to not do like to not be that and to not do that. So I think so much of those four years was, I think it had to be a long journey for me 
because God had to strip all of it away. Like he had to completely remove all of these lies and the false identities I'd put on myself. They weren't even bad lies. Like they weren't like negative, like you're unworthy or you're not lovable. Like that's not even the lies I'm talking about. It's like the lies <laughs> of like, again, believing in my own strength, believing in my own abilities, all these things. Um, right. I do think, so again, when I was thinking about this, because again, as an eight, I don't, often struggle with fear and insecurity. Um, <laughs> but there have been a couple seasons in my life where I have been crippled with irrational fear about yeah. my dad dying. And then after I got married about my husband dying. And mm. for me, both of those, like the tools I needed to use or the like things I kind of needed to um, reach out to, one was t- talking about it because I think um, – I keep like just Enneagram speaking with you because I know you're a coach, but I can I like, <laughs> I can start doing it's that too. It's my language. But, but I, I, to be fearful or insecure is like, I can't let anybody know that I'm scared or insecure, you right. know, like that's horrible. And so I've had to learn like, no, that's actually vital. I have to invite safe friends, um, sometimes a therapist into those situations yes. and let folks know, like I am, I am grappling with and drowning in irrational fear right now. Like please help me and get me out of this. And so I do, I think it's like in relationship and community and letting folks know like, this is what I'm struggling with and I, I need some help. Yeah, absolutely. Having those, that good community around you and therapy, we are big proponents of counseling and therapy around here. It literally changed my life. Yep. I am forever indebted to my counselor in Nashville. (laughs) I love her so much. Um, so that's a huge thing that I think, uh, I'm, I'm so glad that it's cool to do right now. Like (laughs) having a counselor and all of that is like almost trendy. Like, yeah, my counselor. I'm like, yes, your counselor. Yes. 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 So that's so good. I love that. And if, if you, so it's harder, I think to look back on what you would tell yourself because you're like, well, I, well, personally, I'm like, I know you're stubborn. You ain't going to listen to me anyway, but <laughs> imagining that, you know, you could say to someone else who is struggling right now with this kind of thing, this misplacement of identity, or maybe their path just looks totally like a dead end and, and they can't see past it. You know, what would you say to them? Yeah. So I think not to be a broken record, but we also need to hear the same thing like eight times, right? Before we get it. But I think one is this season is not in vain. Like this is not a wasted day. The Lord will use this. You might even get to see exactly how he uses this later on in life. Mm -hmm. Two, you were thought of, like you just weren't happenstance created. The Lord thought of you how you would look, how you would behave, what Enneagram type you'd be, you know, all the, like everything about you. He intentionally and uniquely designed you. And he did all of that and chose to put you on the planet right now at this time. And I know a lot of people are saying that right now in 2020. And like, that's true too. Like, yes, for 2020, but like just in this season of life he gave you the parents that he gave you the family he gave you he put you in the town like nothing about your life is happenstance or coincidental it is all intentionally designed by the lord and i think for us to get 
if we're struggling with confidence or insecurity, we don't know who we are, we don't know like what our purpose is or why we would even be here, I think all of that comes back to being rooted in who God says about himself and then who God says about you. Not what you say about you, not what I say about you, but like what does God's word say about you? And yeah. And we all have to start there and we all have to keep going back there. Cuz like mm-hmm. and that cuz that's it for me too. It's like if I get away from that, then I'm starting to build up my confidence on my own strength which is just totally false. Um, but it's the same for someone that really struggles with insecurity. Like we have to go back on a daily basis. Lord, who are you and who do you say that I am? Daily basis. Emphasize daily daily basis. Daily. Yes. And amen. (laughs) Yes. And amen. Daily, daily, daily. Yes. I think we forget. I think we, or do we forget or do we just think we can ride, ride it out on our own strength? You know, is that what it is? I think it's both. I think some of us are are inclined to write it out in our own strength, and that's me. One of the things <laughs> that I've learned over the years is that I had a false definition of what spiritual maturity looked like. I thought spiritual mm. maturity meant the longer I walk with the Lord, the more I get it, you know, the more fruit of the Spirit comes out of me, all that. Like, like the the stronger I'll be, the better I will go through life and hardship and I won't fall down so much and I'll be stronger and I'll walk taller. Right. Like that doesn't sound, yeah. that doesn't sound wrong. It's wrong. Y'all it's yeah. wrong. So <laughs> the, the, the true definition of spiritual maturity is that you are greater and greater aware of your desperate need for the Lord just to like breathe, yes. to get yes. out of bed, to put your foot in front of you know, the next one, like to do the next thing. Spiritual maturity is understanding. I can literally do nothing apart from the Lord. Now, again, my my false sense was I can, I can do it all. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. because of him, because he's growing me and strengthening me, I can do it. And that is such a lie. I don't even know how I got off on that. I don't know what you asked me, but here we are. No, that that's perfect. That's part of the things that you would say to someone struggling right now is is how to be spiritually mature because I think we all do have such a false sense of what that looks like, even yeah. if it's like I have perfect spiritual disciplines, so I'm spiritually mature. When really it's mm-hmm. a total dependence on God. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you were asking like, do we just believe in our strength or do we forget it? And I think the yeah. other side is like the world bombards us with messages like there's like a real stat out there right it's like thousands and thousands of thousands of messages we get all day long from the moment we wake up Mm -hmm. to the moment we go to sleep Mm -hmm. and y'all none of those are biblical I'm telling you right now like none of them are aligned with God's truth and so we like again going back to the daily that is why it's vital for us to essentially keep like brainwashing ourselves with the truth God's truth because the world like we don't even realize it how we are being brainwashed by lies all day long about who you are and who you're supposed to be and what that means yep consciously and subconsciously yeah like whether we actually read it or whether we see a picture and we think it that's right that's right percent I love that um I, I just love that and I love everything that you said in this time that we've had together I want everyone to listen to it but specifically my college age friends because in high school friends because these things if you can grasp them now oh my goodness you're gonna be unstoppable yeah 
Like if you can step into the fullness of your identity, which is the total dependence on God and that spiritual maturity. Oh, unstoppable. Yeah. Unstoppable. And if you're not already, you've, you've got to be following Hannah. Um, she's on Instagram, Hannah with no H. So H A N N A. Is it E Seymour? Yeah. E for easily my maiden name. There's another Hannah Seymour out there. She gets all my like Gmail. She get this poor girl. Sorry. Sorry. Other (gasps) Hannah Seymour with no H at the end. My bad. (laughs) That is hilarious. So H A N N A E S E Y M O U R. You got it. That's it. Hannah E Seymour. So follow her on Instagram because she shares so much wisdom. Like anytime she posts anything, I'm like, yeah, I need to pay attention to this um, for myself, but also because I know I'm going to want to share it with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, 1000%. So with all that you do, you you're pouring out, you're pouring out. Um, how can we pray for you? And, and oh, man, we're in a little bit. Um, I would just say that in this season of life that the Lord would keep me close and that I would stay Mm -hmm. so aware of what he's calling me to do just, just in those 24 hours. I think I get super long-term, long focus, big picture, big goals, all these things. Mm -hmm. And I think what 2020 has been teaching me, or rather the Lord has been teaching me through 2020 is he just wants me to pay attention to today. Right. I mean, Jesus said it, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries about its own. Um, and so my prayer has been that I would just be so aware of what God has for me to do today, just in these 24 hours, and that I would be focused on maintaining fellowship and connection with him above anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We can pray for that for you for sure. And take that into consideration for our own lives too, because <laughs> I think that's something we can all relate to. So we will totally be covering you there. And listeners, y'all, it's time to armor up, pray over our friend Hannah and check her out. She has an incredible podcast. It's called No Matter What Podcast. And her book is The College Girl's Survival Guide. So if you are in high school or college, pick it up. You're going to love it. Okay. I promise. Um, Hannah, thank you so much for hanging out today. I am just so inspired by you and I love everything you do. Well, girl, it's so mutual. So love you. (laughs) Love what you're doing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. See you later. All right. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.